I actually cannot cope today. Welcome back to Rookies and Rock Stars. What a special day, folks. It has to be said, anyone who knows me has to has to know that today I turn thirty and it is such a cool lineup. I've got the most amazing guests for this day. I've had my brother Rodney and one of my besties Debs arrive as surprises. I've had my husband here as a guest who's going to be featuring later. The Cliff Central team have been amazing. Sia Flexi, Katlejo even sang to me. It's just got to be a good show. But what I think is delighting me it, it almost feels surreal. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try not sound like a groupie, but it's going to be really hard. But I play in a different kind of the, a, a different part of the advertising world. Jawbone obviously play in the below the line part, but I work very, very closely with a lot of above the line agencies. And I have to say that when I was asked to please, you know, accommodate this guest, I, I was actually amazed that it was even a question and not a, and not an instruction, but just to introduce you, it is the legendary, legendary Reg Lascaris. I mean, this guy, this man, this legend, he, I'm actually looking at the dates here of when, uh, TBWA was co-founded. I actually wasn't even, I don't even think I was a seedling in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> so Reg, I mean, welcome to you. Thank you, Jaden. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Big, big happy birthday. Thank you. I can't remember turning 30, but I know it's <laughs> terrific. Oh, you're not far past 30 though, are you? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so, so I mean, for most of you who are in advertising, who have been in that world for a while, in it, are, are new to it, you would have heard about TBWA Huntless Scarus. You will know the reputation that the agency carries. You will know the awards they've won. But more importantly, we get to share this moment with one of the gentlemen who started it, which is so, so special. So I think, Reg, there's, there's quite a bit to unpack. I think obviously we want to get onto your book, but one of the five, sorry, dare I say. But before we get there, I just want to, I just want to unpack when you, when you speak to people like yourself, it really is, I hate to always ask people their story, but I think like you say in your own book that really your book's a story, but what is your, what, how did you, 1983, right? Mm. So that's how far back we go. And, and what was it? What was the spark? What was the mm. desire? How did you get into it? I mean, advertising w wasn't what it is today. No, it was very, very different back then. And the thing was, I tried to get into so many things and got chucked out of so many things. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was a university dropout, uh, unfortunately. I wish I'd finished. It would have been fantastic. But I then tried to find a job. And finding a job is not that easy. I started off, believe it or not, in a mining house. No. Uh, yeah, and then didn't last. I lasted a week. Then I decided to be a recording engineer, but made a few huge gaffes. Not like Duncan here, which does it, does it so well. I know. And I was fired after two days. And so it went on. And then I thought, you know, I'd like to get into advertising. Sounds good. It sounds very exciting. But why? 
Well, because I was running out of other things to do, <laughs> to be honest. And um, eventually got into an advertising agency. I offered to work for nothing for three months, four months. And if they thought I was okay afterwards and it was a tough time because I had to live with my money, uh, then they could pay me whatever they want to pay me. And guess what my first salary was? Oh, no. Okay, 1983. Close, Duncan, close. 230 rand a month. Oh, no! Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was fantastic. I was 230 around a month. I can do stuff. I can actually, you know, catch a bus, do whatever I had to do. And eventually loved it, absolutely loved it, uh, and then started changing agencies as one does to get more experience. And then one day I thought, now I've got to start my own company. And I met this guy called John Hunt, and he went off to the uh, – I went to have drinks with him, and I said, let's start an agency. And he said, you know, that sounds like a hell of a good idea, but I want to go and write a book in Thailand. So I said, okay, how long are you going to be away for? And he said, I'm going to be away for about a year. Thanks, said, John. Yeah, thanks, John. <laughs> Terrific. And I said, okay, I'll make a deal with you. When you come back, can we start an agency? Will, should we start an agency? He said, Terrific. I'll plan it. I'll get everything ready. I'll try and raise some money because the biggest problem young people have is finding money. And I went to every bank. I went to everybody I knew and got no money. And eventually I thought, as they do in the TV show, I'd ask a friend and another friend and another friend and another friend. Still no money. Mm. Eventually, a guy who was a client of mine kind of believed in us and he lent us some money and he took a stake in the business. And then when John came back from uh, Thailand, looking more and more like a hippie, uh, we said, well, let's start an agency. I'd planned everything except we didn't have enough money to buy cars. Oh, no. Yeah. What do you need cars for? You know, you got to get around in this business. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. No, yeah, yeah, fair things. enough. Fair yeah. enough. Anyway, eventually we found two seriously second-hand cars. Seriously second-hand cars. Oh, gosh. Um, and there was no auto trader back then. Nothing like that. No <laughs> auto trader. Nobody to come to our help. And we actually eventually, uh, the guy lent us an office. Um, and we started a business out of the boots of a very second-hand yellow Toyota Corolla. Oh, those little, like, little, little dinky-looking things. Like ours was, ours was a funny one. It was, it, I think it was so cheap because nobody wanted it. It was like a station wagon version of one of those things. Oh, sick. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And that was our office. I can't believe it. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then so, okay, so you've kind of, John's come back. You've identified. You've prepared everything. Mm. There's been the help financially from a capital point of view. Mm. And what were you doing out of the car? Literally just going from point to point. It wasn't literally like showcasing well, designs. Well, funny it was because what happened was the guy who lent us the money also gave us an office, uh, lent us an office. But we could only fit four people in the office, tops. So it was a pretty tight little office. <laughs> now, we had to go and chase clients. And, of course, clients like to come and see flashy advertising offices. And we said, you know what? Different philosophy. You don't come to us. We come to you. We do it differently. Uh, that way we save you money. We don't pay huge rent and so on and so forth. And we started visiting and trying to find some business. And our first presentation, uh, John was running late with, in those days, layouts. Uh, and I said, well, I'll get the car out downstairs. When you come, I'll have it ready to go. Throw the ads in the back of the car and off we go. So he rushed down, threw them in the back of the car, and we forgot to close the boot. Oh, no, are you joking? Yeah. So off we went. I put my foot down. We were rushing to get to the – and everything fell out the back and was run over by a truck. So we had these wonderful layouts with tire marks all over them. So, so I quickly got out the car, dust it off, but you couldn't get rid of the tire marks. 
So eventually we kind of had to explain to the client, you know, sorry about the tire marks, but this is what happened. They thought it was very funny. Mm-hmm. And we won sorry, our first I piece of business. Funny, but I know it wasn't yeah, funny. It wasn't at the funny, time. boy. It was stressful. So, yeah, so presented it to the clients and uh, they laughed. They actually liked the work we did and they gave us our first piece of business. I don't believe you. Mm. <gasps> Rich. Yeah, and uh, we stayed in that funny little office for another year. And now we had a bit of cash because we weren't taking salaries or anything. And uh, we moved into smarter offices and then started employing people. And that was kind of the beginning. Oh, that's amazing. And mm. I guess what is super fascinating for the world of advertising right now, I mean, I'm, mm. you've been privy to, you know, 1983 era, mm. watching it until mm. 2014. Mm. It must really be... I mean, I mean, what are your thoughts on where it is now to mm. what it was when you were presenting to whoever you were presenting to <laughs> yeah. out of a yellow skadonk? Well, it, it, as you know, it's changed dramatically. Oh. And it's no longer advertising. It's different forms of media, different forms of delivery, digital, shopper marketing, you name it. So it's changed 385 million times. You know what I mean? But it's so exciting because there's so many touch points now. I mean, you take this radio station. It's a fantastic little radio station doing it very differently, having its own audience and having very loyal followers, mm. listening to people like you guys. So uh, this is a revolution in many ways. No, it definitely is. But are you? F- do you think that – I mean, I look at – often when you go – I'm sure if I went into your office, there might be like a – 1985 Kellogg's ad or whatever those you were working on in those days. But do you think that with schools like Red and Yellow, Vega, mm. um, who've actually just launched new BCom degrees, or, or these kinds of branding schools, do you think they are facilitating the skills that they need to be based on, on, on how it was done in the older days? Or do you, th- mm. do you think it's a, you know, what are your... No, I think it's, they're very good. They play a very important role. Yeah. But in the end, you really learn on the job. Do you know what I mean? As things change. Okay. That's the best form of learning. But but they're great and they're good to go to and they're good to learn from because you learn a lot of theory. It's like anything in life. There's theory and there's practice. So I think working on the job afterwards um, uh, is the best of all, but that kind of stuff really helps. Would you have liked to have had that in your day? Yeah, would have loved to. Okay, mm. that's interesting. So we obviously, I mean, if I had to read all the awards you've won, I think you and I would be here until next week, Wednesday, when we do our next show. But, I mean, it's 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 so awesome, Reg. The, in, in 2002, to have been a finalist for Ernst & Young's South African Entrepreneur Award, I mean, what was that? That must have felt amazing. No, no, it was. It was especially coming from an accounting firm because – it's very different to what we do. Oh, gosh. And to have yeah. had a call from them. I didn't, them even, I didn't think about that. Flip. And, and said, are you serious? I thought it was a friend playing. <laughs> game. And they said, no, no, we're serious. So it was a great honor. Oh, wow. And so, so I mean, getting onto the book. I mm. mean, I actually, I was so proud. I know... I know that your dear friend Rena um, worked very closely with mm. you on the launch and all those wonderful things that she does. And I was... I was so proud to have seen it in exclusive books. I was in Cresta mm. and I was in the business section and I was trying to find another book and I was like, no ways. Mm. Here is a South African author and, and you've done it. And mm. it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, I know that you've written Jeepers. They go from third, third world destiny, communicating in the third world, um, reveling in the, in the wild, fire and water, the South African dream. But this one, I guess for me, 
the story and the authenticity behind you and mm. and, and even John mm. and, and your journey together in this mm. world, when I saw it on that shelf, I was like, flip, <laughs> there it is. And mm. and what is what does it feel like for you when you walk? You're in exclusive books, mm. and you or, or online, and you see it in, in you know in the stores online. Mm. When you walk there and you see your book. No, it's fantastic. It's fantastic to see it. But really, for me, the real reward is when people phone and they, you know, they ask questions about it. They are nice about it. Um, I've given a lot of talks on the book over last year. I think I did 20 talks on the book. So, you know, Touchwood has been very well received. But it really is, I guess, a true story. Uh, it's kind of an autobiography, I guess. Yeah, or no. What's, what's the difference between autobiography and a biography? No, Rich, why put me on the spot like <laughs> that? I don't know what to do. Okay, Rich is not Duncan, like that. He's Duncan putting me on the spot. Right. Yeah, okay, one of the <laughs> well, two. I'll find out. I'll okay. find out. Yeah. I actually don't know. Interesting question, though. Yeah. Something for me to learn. I'll find out. I'll let you know. Thank you, Rich. And um, so I guess, you know, we often talk to you about when you, when you are in your business phase and when you are deciding on – Moving from your idea into your business. So having Reg here, it's, it's very encouraging to me that in his book, he has said, um, and I, and I love this, Reg. I love how you've addressed the entrepreneur, the entrepreneur within the workplace, and then also that kind of, um, trust fund baby, mm. you know, mm. and, and this is a line that I really like because what we want to encourage in South Africa is not only the entrepreneur who, you know, like, George from Taylor Me, who's, who's coming in a bit later. Mm. Not like that where, you know, these guys are, are, they own their businesses. They're doing what they're doing and they're going to succeed and achieve and, and, and climb. Mm. But you're also addressing the entrepreneurial mind within the workplace. And I just want to read that and then you mm. can kind of elaborate for me. But it says, not everyone is born to be an entrepreneur. But even if you never own a business, it is possible to own your job to grow it and to get more fun out of it. If you're that person, this book is for you as well. Mm. And I love that, Reg, mm -hmm. because, you know, even in our business, mm. I, I kind of want to just print this out in large <laughs> Helvetica mm. times 40 and put mm. it on everyone's desk. What, what was your thinking behind that? You know, I think if you like what you're doing or passionate about what you're doing, you're still going to grow and you're still going to make – you're going to be a success. For example, I mean, if you get a, a priest who's a really good at what he does, he's successful. Doesn't mean he's, you know, he doesn't have to be an entrepreneur to be successful. Anybody can be successful if you like what you're doing and you're passionate about what you're doing and you, and you do it, as I say, with passion. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, also, the, uh, I unfortunately, I sh I, it was very naughty of me. I should have read the book, but just going online and being able to read this, <laughs> yeah. this, this extract. Well, there, there is, there is actually one. I can see it out the corner of it's my for eye. Your birthday. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited. I can't cope. I've been so spoiled. This has been ridiculous. These guys, are, are, Marissa from Baker in your box, who's coming on. She's bought these beautiful Cliff Central cupcakes. The guys from Taylor Me have bought mm. flowers, and it's unreal. Mm. So, I'm. So, I'm so grateful. For, I can see it. I'm not letting that book out of my sight. Don't you dare let anyone else take it away. So obviously, the title of the book is Lessons from the Boot of a Car. Mm. Um, and it, it really is exactly what Reg was just saying. It's about his journey um, and also obviously John Hunt and how they started this advertising revolution back then. Mm. And I think what really – what I want to just touch on – um, with you, Reg, if you can just explain or, or kind of give insight to how have you, what, what's always good is even with artists, musicians, mm. you get the one hit wonders and then you get those, oh gosh, I'm, uh, uh, Madonna, mm. 
classic one. Yes, we not, I might not all agree with how she behaves and what she does and whatever, but she has stood the test of time, mm. and so have you. Mm. So how have you done that? You know, I guess, I guess you've got to be paranoid in business. <laughs> you can never sit in your laurels. Uh, you know, we often say to ourselves, we're as good as our last piece of work. That's it. So don't let it go to your head because at one stage, and I talk about it in the book, we, we, got, we thought we were rock stars. And that's, and that's when we started collapsing. So in the end, we lost the paranoia. You've got to worry. You've got to worry about your clients. You've got to worry about your work. You've got to worry about the quality to keep it going. And I guess Madonna's done that. Uh, if I go back to Elvis Presley, he's one of my big heroes in life. Um, he disrupted music. He changed the world, right? Wow. And, and, he, and, he, and he, went, he, he launched rock rock music to the world. And he was just a simple guy from Memphis, uh, who was passionate about what he was doing. And I think if you're paranoid and passionate and you develop a culture that people buy into, then I think you can sustain this thing. You can keep it going. Because in time, you disappear like the great David Ogilvy did and so on, but he left a culture behind that people loved. And for me, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Strategy is a wonderful thing, and you need it. But in the end, it's how people buy into what you are and what you stand for. And how do you create a culture? You create a culture through a really well-thought-out set of values. and Because you, you've got to stand for something. Mm-hmm. And the values should be able to stand the test of time, and the culture should carry on. Because in time, you know, we've all got to leave the business in time. In fact, I think my time's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think for, for me on a personal level and with Jawbone, one of the things that I want to ask you that is mm. really hard for me to do, I mean, the paranoia, everyone, mm. my team will tell you that I am very, very strict and realistic about mm. you're only as good as your last activation, mm. brand campaign, mm. rollout, whatever it is. Mm. But in terms of, so now if you look at the Hunter Scars group, mm. I mean, you've got the guys there in Durban. Um, we work with them wonderfully. They're a wonderful bunch of women um, and men. I don't know the men so well, but we know Lindsay and mm. Kaylee and the team. But how have you, how did you manage in the beginning to get other graphic designers, I know that's mm. probably not what you were called because you're far greater than that, but I mean still, mm. how did you take what was inside Reg's head and say, right, Billy Smith, you are my next dude. I can't be on every job. I've got my own to create. You're going to start to create your own. How did you do that? Again, I think it's, it's about driving a culture. And, and here I refer to Rena, our friend Rena, helped a hell of a lot because we got Rena in one day and we said, Look at our people. Speak to our people. We think we're losing touch. We, we think something is disappearing. So help us. And I guess Rena helped us to, to define our culture uh, and then put it all together. And with culture and with values, you've got to keep selling it to people, keep pushing it. Because mm-hmm. in the end, although you create the culture, you can't be the culture going forward. Mm-mm. So to sustain it, to keep it going, you've got to get people to buy into what you believe in. Absolutely. So, and we, we believed in quite a few things and we try to put them down on paper and we try to get people to buy into it. Okay. And, uh, you know, we, uh, when John and I were having a drink the first time, we wrote down a line to be the first world class agency out of Africa. That was our line. That was our mantra. Hell, and the more we drank, the more we laughed because <laughs> we didn't even have an office or a car or nothing. <laughs> but we wrote that down. And it's a funny thing. The bigger the vision, the better it is because you don't want to have a vision that you reach because then what do you do? It's got to be so big that it's unattainable. 
And that still to us is unattainable. We've done a lot of things we're very proud of, and we've, I guess, got part of the way there. But we've still got to be the first world-class agency out of Africa. That's our dream. That's amazing. So you've got to have a dream that's huge mm. and a goal that you can't get to. Yeah. And then, so I, so I get that from a culture point of view. Yeah. But how did you manage? Because... It was essentially it was you and John in the beginning. Mm. They were they were buying into Reg mm. and they were buying into John. Mm. That's the reality. And but but you then had to cheat, teach Bobby Smith. So beyond them understanding mm. what you were trying to create okay. and what the future was, how strict were you when you gave them rain and then they mm. came back and they were totally off, mm. or they were thirty five to forty percent there, but. Ooh, how did you do that? Okay, well, first of all, we did a lot of things by mistake, and then you retrofit it into your philosophy. For example, we couldn't afford to buy big creative names. We didn't have the money. So we set out to look for what we call orphans of life. Now, what I mean by orphans <laughs> of life, not people who are literally orphans, but people are hungry, people who don't have a silver spoon, people who have come from you know, underprivileged backgrounds or whatever people who just wanted to succeed. And we developed an interview technique to try and find these people. Oh, wow. They came in. They were hungry. We liked it. Fortunately today, a lot of the uh, orphans of life now run their own agencies. Network was set up by us. I mean, lots of the agencies, people around the world run worldwide agencies that came through us. And they were our orphans. And we loved them, believed in them, and helped them grow. And uh, because they were determined. So nobody came in that was spoiled because we couldn't afford them, to be honest. We couldn't get big names. We had to create our own yeah. names. And we invested them and encouraged them. And kind of. They and how strict us. were you? Were you strict? I find yeah, I, I, yeah. I do battle. Hey? I battle with <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Because when, when above the line is so – in our industry, with, within the mm. below-the-line sector, mm. above the line has been set, TVC has been created. But you mustn't talk about above the line. You, might, you must talk about ideas because you might have an okay. idea that's so big then go above the line, below the line, sideways, whatever way. So, <laughs> no, I mean it because no, sometimes, you know, you come up with an activation, for example, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Don't undersell, undersell it because that okay. you can take that idea and you can take it all over the place. So, I guess in time, if your dream is big, the great ideas will go anywhere because that's what today is all about. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean… I, th- I guess it was it was quite funny because I was just with, as I said to you earlier, and we have to say hello to him, otherwise mm. you'd be most upset. But um, I know that you mentioned him as well as Reen in your book. So Craig Lodge, we're saying hello <laughs> to you, darling. We know hello, that Craig. you we know that you're the king of of consumer shoppers, and mm. we know that you're going to dominate your sp- already are dominating your space. So we had to say hello to you. But I mean, just in just chatting with you know industry leaders like himself, mm. it's so encouraging when you sit across a mm. table from someone like him, and he, he has the same. Kind of uh, isn't he passionate? Oh, passionate guy. Amazing, yeah. yeah. And you can't That's get the that kind on of the shelf. It's eh? infectious. You, you know what I mean? Absolutely. People come to you and they want to be part of you. Absolutely. So, so, so Reg, with with your latest book, mm. um, where so lessons from the boot of a car. Mm. Where beyond? So obviously, I've seen it at exclusive books. Mm. Where else are we able to uh, uh, online? What's mm. the vibe? Well, I'll, we launched at the end of last year, okay. uh, and obviously there was huge distribution. And Touchwood it's done very, very well. Amazing. Um, now it's in most exclu- most bookstores. Exclusive okay. books, definitely. I know that. It, you can get it online. You can get it through Amazon. You can get it on Amazon overseas. It's sold quite a few overseas. Funny enough. Nice. And you can get it on Kalahari. So it, it's available in most places. Okay, awesome. So, yeah, I mean, we we are we we are kind of milking you a bit today. So, oh. we 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 we're going to keep you around because mm-hmm. after we've had a little bit of a, a jingle break, 
Um, we've got two incredible guests coming on. One is Taylor Mee, mm-hmm. um, George and Dex. They mm-hmm. have, they are creating such a contagious space within tailor making suits. Mm. Um, and I know you want to chat to them because you yourself said, <laughs> wow, I've been, you know, I've been on the search, which mm. is amazing. Mm. And then secondly, um, Marissa De Silva, I actually met her, um, alongside being coached by JT Fox and, mm-hmm. What they're creating in the food space and now the latest innovation, which is bakery in a box. Mm. I just, it would be such a privilege for me and for them to mm. just be exposed to any ideas or, oh, so if are you, can we steal oh, you? Absolutely. Wonderful. Absolutely. So yeah. we will be back on Rookies and Rockstars. Get involved in the conversation, um, at Rookies Rockstars on Twitter, Cliff Central on WeChat. And if you have any questions for Reg, please dial in 0861 555 We'll be back now. So we're back on Rookies and Rockstars. What a fabulous day. The Jade turns 30. I've been privileged enough to have Reg Lascaris in studio with us. What what an amazing flipping opportunity. We're so grateful. So thanks again, Reg, for being here with us. It's been so cool to have you. Pleasure. Yay. So, <laughs> yeah. so I guess the second part of what we want to do is we, I kind of chose, I was a little bit of a shellfish today. I kind of chose guests that were around the, the birthday theme and how they fitted into the world of Jade. And one is Taylor Me. Now, the reason why I was really fascinated by what the guys are doing from a, from a branding and positioning themselves in the market level, as well as on a personal level is Sven is around, my husband is around six foot three. So Sven's in studio. He won't talk because he'd rather crawl into a deep dark hole and die. But Sven's here. And the challenge we have is that in, in shops, so we go suit shopping and, um, Sven's six foot three and has a wonderfully deep chest. Um, being a Norwegian and a Viking, you know, that's how he rolls. But the reality is we battle to find suits that really fit. Sure. So we just want to welcome Dax. Good morning. Hi. Good. Good. Um, good. And George, welcome. Guys? Happy birthday, Jake. Thank you. And thank you. For, you guys are amazing. Like, you come as the best dressed. You bring... You bring yeah. flowers, you bring chocolates. I mean, you guys are the best. You can definitely come back. That's a wonderful occasion. <laughs> so, I mean, Dax, if you just looked at Sven, right? Yes. So, stand Sven. So, if you if you just had to look at Sven, what would be kind of... I know that you you suit up a lot of guys and sure. hopefully... I mean, even Reg was saying earlier, like, he's this is awesome because he's been looking for suits himself. Yeah, sure. And I think that a lot of guys, if they knew where to go or who to call, they would do it because it's an investment purchase. No one expects to go into Zara Men and pay seven ninety nine for a blazer top and have it for life, let's exactly. be fair. Yep. So, I mean, looking at Sven and, and his height and his depth and his the length of his leg, which is also usually hard because sometimes... The suit top crops them at the arm or, you know? Sure. I think uh, when buying off the rack, you always have a couple of issues. And, and one of those issues being that you, you try fit the suit to uh, where your body type is. So on Sven's side, obviously, he's got a, a quite a big chest. He's got quite a deep chest. So when he's buying a suit, he's trying to get something that fits across your chest. And that normally means that because he's got a bigger chest than normal guys, the waist doesn't fit properly, the shoulders won't fit correctly either. And then also on the pants side, they might not fit lengthwise as well as weight.
waste because that suit has been built for maybe a much bigger man than Sven is. He's just a different body type. And that's what we find in a lot of guys. Myself, I'm a smaller guy. I always find that arms never fit me properly. The the width of the arm, not the length necessarily. Also, pants are too big. They're too baggy. So we have that issue over and over again. And that's why a bespoke suit always works out well. That's so cool. And I think, you know what's so exciting is that in the current marketplace, it's all about customization. I mean, even from brands, Reg, to, you know, brands customizing their conversation with the consumer to you guys customizing suits. And, George, we kind of chatted a little bit offline around this. And um, I I looked, I went onto the site, and I, it was it was quite fun because you kind of have the guy mowing a lawn in his suit. You kind of have the guy in on the road on his bicycle. And I, I liked it because it was, I think, when you walk into Hugo Boss or you walk into one of those brands that is super – premium and really beautiful if you're not used to being there i think that most men feel overwhelmed mm. i think they like flip like what do we do here sure. you know so I, I where where did you where did we come the, the tailor me so so just also bearing in mind i must mention this george is a ca by profession <laughs> so he's i commend and i encourage you uh, the bravery is amazing because it's you have to be brave. Thank you. Yes, and and you do have to have courage. So there are going to be days when it seems like you are, it's it's all dark, but yeah. you will live. Yeah. If you, I said to you, if you can do your what were the those things called that you do um, after you've done your degree? Articles. Articles. Number one, if you can pass the degree, because we've got a very good mate Tom who did it and almost died. So if you if you've got the commitment and the diligence to pass an accounting degree, entrepreneurship is. Yeah. S- similar vibes. So where mm-hmm. where was the <laughs> red, red degrees? Yeah, so absolutely. I wish I was a C. I really, really do. Yeah. So you've got one app. I mean, you've got you know the the, the accounting background. But where did the Tailor Me story come from? Okay, so basically, um, I used to wear suits to work uh, all the time, and I could never find a suit that fitted properly. Um, so this kind of encouraged me to start um, investigating on who I can go to and where I can make my own suits. Um, so started making my own suits and there was quite a bit of interest uh, from friends and families and um, then it became their friends and families and I thought hey there's quite a good business opportunity over here let's see if we can explore it so for about the past year we've been running this on the side um, working a full-time job and that's where I kind of related to what Reg was saying earlier um, out of the boot of your car um, is that's what we were doing we were working nine to five or eight to five jobs getting back, doing fittings in the morning, uh, in the evening, and then going to the tailor, one o'clock at night back, doing invoicing, and the next day it's work again. So it's, so it's been a hell of an experience, but I find that we got a lot of energy from doing it because spending time with people and actually seeing the satisfaction on people's faces when they finally get a product that works for them is, is just so satisfying and, and rewarding for us. So, yeah, and that's, that's kind of the story. And, and our mantra is kind of we want to make – uh, bespoke suits affordable and accessible f- to everyone yeah. and keep it fun I think I think you touched on a, an yes. important one it's it's quite um, intimidating going into a Hugo Boss and that sort of thing the, the suits are very expensive you don't really know what you're looking for you put on a suit that you feel is really great and you look at the price tag and it's and it's way over your budget and I think we try to keep it fun um, and we try to keep it informative and I think that that allows the fittings and all of that to go very well so so we're both happy with what we're doing that's so cool and then also um, in studio is the wonderful Marisa De Silver, we've had the privilege of being on the JT Fox coaching team. Um, Marisa, a little bit longer than I, we only started in January this year, but 
the I mean she's Portuguese, so 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 the food is their industry. So welcome to you. Thank you so much, Jade, and thank you for having me. Oh, it's an and abs- happy birthday! Yay! It's an absolute pleasure. So I mean, Marisa, I know that the the primary focus of your family is in the food sector, and that's kind of where you birthed Bakery in a Box. Absolutely, our primary business is actually ingredients to the bakery sector. And it's a case of we saw there was a large problem with equipment, large problem with people were trying to start businesses in coffee shops, in their own home industries. And it's a case of there was that gap that was missing in the market for somebody who provides a complete bakery solution. So it's a case of we will provide the training, the ingredients and the equipment. And that's how it all progressed along the way, because it's a case of they all feed into each other. It's all needed for the industry. And Bakery in a Box came around for the entrepreneur to provide them with a bit more of a ledge, essentially, to springboard off of. Because we will give the cost programs, the waste programs, and it's things like that that businesses don't have that can sink a business. It's all about the finances when you're an entrepreneur. And if you don't know your finances or your numbers, in order for you to grow correctly, it's very tough. And that's how it all came along to go and be, to facilitate all of the entrepreneurs we see out there. Absolutely. And I think we, uh, Simba and I have chatted to you about this before. So remember, it doesn't matter where you are in your business, having the right kind of structures and assistance when you launch helps you so much. If, you, if, we, if, we, hear, if we go back to Reg's story, I think if he could go back to 1983 and he had maybe three different mates or three different people he knew who could help him with the accounting side and how to cost your time invested in advertising or how to whatever those things are I think what Marissa is doing really nicely and if you are in the bakery or the catering department or section of whatever you're doing just remember that if you're baking at home and suddenly you're you're seeming quite flustered by the by the amounts of of work coming in the orders and you're wanting to take the next step that's exactly what bakery in a box can facilitate for you and it's so clever and i mean even for us marisa i think there's no, there's never a formula rich i mean we we know <laughs> there's no e2 squared minus mc brackets open i mean what is that crap anyway how have i used that let's be fair that's right Yes, but there's no there's no formula. Um, you know this, and I think the guys in in the studio also know this. So, I mean, just Marisa, what is so? I'm a baker. I'm Mary yeah. Smith, and I really, really, I've, I've realised I've kind of moved a little bit beyond doing a bar mitzvah and doing the you know the eight the eighteenth and and weddings, and now suddenly I'm getting Ernst and Young coming to us, and I'm getting. A, TBWA, Hunt Lascaris, we're doing our year in function, we're doing a beach theme. Can you guys make us 400 cupcakes with a spade and a bucket and a seal and a starfish and whatever they want? How, how do you, because it, it's a little bit of a mental, it's, it's great, the solution you're offering, but how do you kind of just talk them through, okay, cool, this is what it's going to mean. I've got everything for you, but this is what it means for you. Absolutely. A a big thing is, like you said, we can't go and give you a set formula and it will just work. So we'll facilitate, make sure that we're there through the whole venture with you. It's a case of we're a family business. So when you call through, you're speaking to myself, my mom or my dad, and they're the MDs of the company. You know, so it makes a big difference. We're there to go and facilitate as much as we can take our knowledge of our industry and facilitate you in taking that step. So if, for example, you only want to do the confectionery side because you've now gone on to the bigger catering, 
then it's a case of we can help put that in place for you and we'll facilitate and guide going through because okay. we're at a point now where you want to help you want to create entrepreneurs you when people do better you do better and that's our driving force so exactly like JT Fox says powered by your success and we've kind of adopted that principle as well because if our customers are more successful then we are more successful Absolutely. and that's where the whole solution that's where the whole concept behind the business creates a family environment from one family to another Let's work together. So just you said, so I, I, I know I'm a bit obsessed with the cupcake side. So it's that's the confectionery side. So what other, if, if anybody wants to get in touch, what other part of this industry is there? Well, we supply the ingredients. So we've got the actual, your cake mixes, your bread mixes, your chocolate nibs, the vermicellis, everything that you would need essentially for your bakeries. Oh, divine. To run. So and savory, sweet. Yes. So like a four nose, but. Your, your own little vibe. Absolutely. We bring in from Germany is artisan bread to give a European standard to South Africa because everybody wants better bread. We all want healthier, GMO-free, specialized flours. You want to bake at home. You want to do all of this. Wow. And so we've been facilitating this in the industry. So specialized flours. If you've got wheat problems, IBS, then we've catered for that. And that's why it, it's just providing a complete bakery solution. That's so cool. That's so cool because we also, we touched a few weeks ago around trends and how as entrepreneurs, if you're not latching onto those trends, you really will fall behind in your industry. So it's very cool that you've latched onto kind of the health part of eating, you know, IBS, low GI, wheat free, all those things. So, I mean, this is, this, that's incredible. And just coming back to the Taylor Me guys, I think that's what, what really is fundamental is that you've, You've both gone into this. You've, you, George, have left the, the accounting behind, but I also believe that it's going to help you a lot, um, yes. in, in what you're about to do. Because if we had had in the beginning, um, I mean, we're only six years old, Jawbone, yeah. but if we'd had an accounting, if Sven or I had been, I mean, Sven, <laughs> Sven always jokes, his accounting, <laughs> his accounting marks in, in high school, if anyone had judged him, on that, based on how he operates POs and the, the accounts and the, everything that he does now from an operational point of view as CEO of our business, people would be like, no, you're joking. And it's, you know, so you do, yeah. I know that the, the road ahead seems, seems very uncertain, but you need to also yeah. strengthen your strengths. Yeah. And if you're a CA, you know, you're, you're really miles ahead. Yeah. I, I, look, I think there's always going to be a steep learning curves to be had and um, it was an absolutely nerve-wracking decision to, <laughs> to you know, hand in the resignation paper and you mentioned earlier about you know, there are going to be dark days but it's funnily enough, every time I start feeling down and the nerves get to me and thinking to myself, have I made the right decision? Something comes along. I mean, we got you dropped us a mail saying, come on Cliff Central. Uh, there's, there's been so many things that, that have really like reignited the passion and uh, kind of reinstalled the confidence that, that we have. And, and we know we have a good business. Uh, we've got a fantastic product and, and the, most of our um, business comes from referrals. So, so that's, that's there. And more than that, we've got the passion. And we've four mates in the business. Uh, we love working with each other and we've got the drive to succeed. So we've super excited about the future and, and where it's going to end up. That's so cool. So I just want to touch on something there and also marry it to what Reg said earlier. Reg said, don't sit on your laurels. And you mentioned referrals. Now, one thing that Marisa and I have learned from coaching and also touching back on what Reg has said after many more years of any of us put together of, of experience is that just always be aware that if most of your income is coming from referrals, your marketing is crap. 
So that means you need to be aware of both. You need to be aware of getting the referral. So like with Hunt Lascaris, for example, they've got brand X. Brand X was seen in this in this environment or on that platform, they phone. Ooh, we like what we saw there. We want to, you know, that kind of thing. Or who's yep. doing that for you? Oh, Hunt Lascaris. Cool. Phone Hunt Lascaris. And that's yep. wonderful. And the word of mouth is the best kind. But don't ever get complacent on the other side because that happened to us. 100%. So two years yep. ago, that's what we realized. Four years in, it was just FMCG after FMCG and kind of giving us all these referrals. And they'd see a brand activation. They'd be like, flap, who did this? Like yep. the quality, the attention to detail the management, the operations, great, great, great. And then what happens? Oopsies, 2014, all the FMCGs kind of recheck themselves and they draw back a little. Oh, but hold on, your whole basket's full of FMCGs. Yeah, sure. You see. I think from our side, what we've been doing is is definitely focusing on um, the marketing on a, on a broader, not not just focusing on referrals, because referrals is how you sort of get the the business rolling into something. Absolutely. And I think um, the way we want to go is that we want to be seen as more of a fashion brand. So I think with our social media, as well as the way we portray ourselves and and the sort of the fun shoots that we do on the website and that sort of thing, I think that that sets us up in a good way of 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 getting the word out there past our referrals and and into a broader audience. So that, from that side, that's what we're really excited about as yeah, well. Yeah, and I think, it, I think it is cool. I mean, you've got in this room, you've probably got three dudes here, um, Duncan and Reg and Sven, and totally different body profiles, totally different every – I mean, the, the whole way you would probably create their colors, their vibe, what they want the suit for, where they're going to wear the suit, how long, you know, all those things. Mm. So I, I – I think that you also face that, you know, you and and that's why you, you don't want to ever be generic, but you've also got to you got to face the challenge of how do you market to all these different men and sure. and touching on branding. What I what I wanted to do just with you guys because you probably you probably won't ever get this opportunity <laughs> again. I mean, you've got the Reg Lascaris in studio, and I just want him. He's looking at both, so he's looking at Taylor Me, and he's also looking at Bakery in a Box now. Um, you, you got it. This is where you put on your big girl or big boy entrepreneur panties and, and jocks. And you, he's looking at both and he's just going to feed back from his side to you. And then also you can engage. Sure? So over to you, Reg. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not a guru. <laughs> <laughs> no, five books I mean, down. No shame. Yeah. <laughs> but if I look at Taylor Me, I think you guys have done a great job here because it's simple. It's to the point and the graphic says it all. Okay. So keep it simple. You know what I mean? That's clean cut. Clean cut, exactly. Yeah. Clean cut, because that's. But can I ask you a question? What do you charge for the average suit? I'm, out of, I'm interested. Uh, well, we've got two kinds of fabrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a polyviscose, which mm-hmm. is a more synthetic fiber, and a wool. And our okay. polyviscose goes for 3,300, and our wool's for about 5,500. Okay. That's great. Thanks very much. Because I think the other thing people think is that tailors are very expensive. Mm. And I mean, that sounds pretty reasonable to me if you you know compare it to other other places where you buy suits sure. so i think you've got to get the value for money thing across okay because i think more people then use tailors um yeah yeah but otherwise i think it's terrific oh fantastic um <laughs> <laughs> and so we get to bakery no, in the box no no no, no, no. <laughs> no i think bakery in the box i mean i like the name because it says what it is um i think you've got too much in here to be honest uh providing complete bakery solution explains it to me do you need all this stuff i'm not so sure uh and do you need that i don't know is that a brand of machine or something yes we've partnered with portugal to bring this brand through okay so that so that they're paying a bit for it yes okay and then you've got infanta food so you've got quite a lot of elements in this uh 
for me, I would just simplify it uh, because once you get going, you know, we can dish it out, but the consumer can't take it all in. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? So I think the simpler in this modern day and age, the better. Uh, and this this is a nice graphic interpretation that says exactly what you do. This says exactly what you do, but I think you've thrown too much in. Perfect. Thank you so much, Reg. Any questions, guys? George, questions for Reg? It doesn't have to only be specific to the logo. I mean, he's already accepted the fact that we are going to use every every bit of wisdom that's stocked in that fountain there. So ask away. Yeah, I've got one. Um, From a young age, I've always had kind of an entrepreneurial nature. Grew Mm. up on a farm, started raising pigs and selling pigs for profits. And, Mm. you know, throughout throughout my life, I've always done something because I just have a passion for business. Mm. And that's kind of inspired this move. But... Um, from from your side, have you always had that same um, inclination towards uh, driving business and that, that hunger to succeed? I, I think I've had a burning desire to succeed. I think that's basically the bottom line um, if I think back in time because maybe I didn't have what some of my friends had. I mean, one of those things. There's yeah. lots of reasons people have a burning desire to succeed. But I'm very jealous of you because to be a CA and an entrepreneur is a fantastic combination because you've got the best of both worlds. To have the skill with money that you have and have the desire and the ideas to launch a new business is fantastic. So you're lucky. Oh, th- thank you. Yeah, it's, come, <laughs> it's come with quite a bit of hard work. But um, yeah. Yeah, at the same time, it's been quite nerve-wracking because you're stepping away from uh, a monthly income. That's Safety. Well, exactly. that's, that's, that's the bravery yeah. part because you've got to be brave. You, sure. you've gotta, and the nice thing with a CA, you can always go back, uh, but I'm sure you won't have to. So I think – You've got to be brave to be an entrepreneur. You've got to take a chance. Sure. And maybe you don't succeed the first time. I've failed two, three times before. Mm. So, uh, but every time I failed, I learned something. And I, yeah. I, I said, should I even try again? My third time I, when we started the business, I was 35. So I thought, and I had four kids by then. Sure. And I had a wife. <laughs> and I had everything, school fees, all that kind of stuff. So it was a, you know, I was very, very scared. And I knew. That something that I couldn't, fa- I just couldn't fail again because yeah. otherwise my whole world would collapse. Sure. So you know, when you have that thing biting your bum, <laughs> it, it makes you go. You know, makes you yeah, try even right. harder. So, but I think you've got to be brave to do it. You've all yeah. been brave, and I think that's wonderful. Okay. Cool, guys. So we are at the end of our rookies and rock stars time. It's been such a privilege, Reg. Thank you. Oh, pleasure. Absolute and thank pleasure. you for my book. It's I pleasure. feel so lucky. It's been hand signed. Oh, amazing. And just, um, Marisa, if there is anybody within this industry who wants to get hold of you, how do they do it? They can either email me on Marisa at Infanta, I N F O F E D A N T A dot C O dot Z A. They can contact us on our webpage, Infanta dot C O dot Z A. And um, also Facebook, we've got the page for Complete Bakery in a Box, got Industrial Baking Ingredients, got Marisa De Silva on Facebook. So please feel free to contact me all through that. And I'll leave a link on Rookies and Rockstars in order for you to go and contact us through there. Wonderful. So I'll tweet that out later, the link on how you can get hold of Complete Bakery in a Box. So just remember, on Facebook, I did see yesterday, there is a bakery in a box. It's not that one. It's Complete Bakery in a Box. Sorry. Absolutely. My bad. (laughs) And then Dax? Yeah, sure. On uh, Facebook, you can get us on Taylor Me, just Taylor Me, and Instagram and Twitter, Taylor Me SA, uh, taylorme.co.za on the website side of things. And if you've got any questions or want to find out more about pricing and material and the service we offer, um, email info at taylorme.co.za. Wonderful. And also what I'll be doing, um, Sven's about to be measured up completely. Um, maybe in time, so will Reg. But <laughs> I will, I will post the post, I will 
the post measurement and with Sven with the suit on. So look out for that on my Facebook page, Jade Rainerson, and I will also send the, the, the feedback via at Rookies Rockstars and at CliffCentral.com. So thank you all of you for coming in. Thank you so much. It's thank such you. a privilege. Keep mm. going. Keep driving the entrepreneurial spirit. And we'll be back next Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com.